This is Counsel for Life, a podcast engaging conversations about mental health and the Christian life with licensed biblical counselors Beth Broom and Eliza Huey. Welcome back to Counsel for Life. I'm Eliza. And I'm Beth. And we are so glad you are joining us for this episode and we hope for this whole series. We are talking about biblical counseling, big surprise on this podcast that that would be the subject we're talking about. But we, Beth and I, I think it was, what was it? Episode three, I think it was Beth. Do you know? Yeah. Episode three. Mm -hmm. Okay. So episode three was like very beginning of this podcast. We basically did an episode, which we encourage you guys to go back and listen to basically called what is biblical counseling and just trying to help our listeners help share with you what it is. And, um, That kind of launched us into more conversations of, you know what, there are a lot, like in that episode, we talk about the many definitions of biblical counseling. But in that episode, we also share how there are a lot of ways people can get equipped and trained, but we didn't go into any of them. So we are doing that in this series, different ways that people can get trained and different ways people can connect in the world of biblical counseling. And that is why we have our guest on today. We have Dr. Curtis Solomon. Curtis, thanks so much for joining us today. Yeah, Eliza, Beth, thanks so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be with you today. Yeah, well, we're excited about what you're going to share with us, but let me just give a brief intro and then I'll kind of kick it back to you and you can fill in any gaps that are necessary. But uh, Dr. Curtis Solomon holds a PhD in biblical counseling from Southern Baptist Theological Seminary, and he is also the director of the Biblical Counseling Coalition, which is exactly why we wanted him to come and talk with you today. But he is also an author. He and his wife have published books and his book is called Redeem Your Marriage. And it is a book to help those who have in their marriage uh, where pornography has has been a a means of wounding in uh, their marriage. And so those are just a few of the many things he does, as well as he and his wife, Jenny, have two boys. And actually, Curtis, I'll just kind of kick it to you, maybe just share a little bit more about your family or anything that you would want the listeners to know about you before we kind of dive into the topic today. Yeah, sure. No, I appreciate it. Just uh, don't like to talk about myself all that much. I usually am on the other side doing the interview. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, Jenny and I have been married. It'll be 19 years in April. And uh, we're looking forward and trying to do something special for 20. Our boys, Reed and Dashiell, uh, are just a delight. They're enjoying a snow day today. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, we we love life in Louisville, Kentucky and ministering together serving the church and serving uh, the kingdom of Christ in various ways. Awesome. Yeah. When we're recording this, I think it's snowing where, where I am. It's snowing where you are, Curtis. Is it, <laughs> is it snowing where you are, Beth? <laughs> what a funny question you're asking me <laughs> since Texas. I live in Dallas. No, it is not snowing, but it is cold. It's very okay. cold. Yeah. Well, hopefully by the time this airs, people are experiencing a little warmer weather, but Curtis, Just to kind of get us started, though, I would love, because we wanted you to be on because of your role in the Biblical Counseling Coalition, and um, I'm going to, we're going to talk a little bit more about that first, but I, before we get there, I want you to just share your journey in getting trained in Biblical Counseling, because that is really, you know, we're hoping to have people really understand there's lots of different options. So maybe just share with you how you even got interested in it and, and what that story was like for you. 
Sure, sure. Yeah, my journey into biblical counseling started uh, over 20 years ago when I was an undergrad student at the Master's University. It was the Master's College back then. And I had gone there to prepare for pastoral ministry. I wanted to be a senior pastor, and I was majoring in theology. And I saw this course on the curriculum uh, that looked that was called marriage and family counseling. And I thought, eh, as a pastor, I, I'll probably have to do some premarital counseling or something like that. I should take this class. And it was taught by a guy who eventually uh, was my supervisor in my training, uh, in my certification. Uh, and it just radically shifted my perspective on how much scripture applies to everyday life. And it has so many answers to life's problems. And I thought, man, this is what I want to learn. I want to learn how to actually take scripture and not just talk about it theoretically, but talk about it very practically and really help people. Uh, so I switched to my major to biblical counseling at that point. Um, in the, in the middle of college, I also joined the Air National Guard and uh, served in the military that way. Uh, part of that, I won't go too much into that that story because it's not as much as about biblical counseling, but it did influence what I did my PhD in, uh, which we'll get to later. The From college, uh, I didn't know initially had no intention of going to seminary, but when I was there, I was really encouraged. If you want to serve the Lord the best you can and you have the opportunity, go to seminary, you know, continue to learn, continue to grow. So mm -hmm. I went from my undergrad to do a Master of Divinity at Southern Seminary in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, I didn't do a, a, a study in biblical counseling because my professors at the point had said, hey, you, you did the counseling side in your undergrad. What you should do now is get more training in theology, scripture, mm -hmm. how to interpret the scriptures, that kind of thing. And I think that's really wise advice for people in biblical counseling. You need to have a balance. You, you really need to know the scriptures and you really need to know how to how to help people with them. That's uh, really that's really important. I, I would agree with you. And Beth and I have talked about that too, how that is distinctly what makes biblical counseling biblical counseling too. So yeah, yeah. I'm glad you shared that. Yeah. And then uh, actually I didn't finish my certification right away. So I'm certified with ACBC, the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors. Uh, I love ABC, IABC. I love all these organizations, but that's where I, what I was trained in. That's who I got certified with, but I didn't actually do my certification until almost 10 years after my undergrad. Cause I had this probably a little bit of uh, youthful arrogance and thinking, ah, I don't really care about a certification. I just, I know how to do it. I'm going to help people. But our church in California, we wanted to start a training center at our church to actually equip uh, people in lay counseling uh, all across the central coast of California. And ACBC had a requirement that a certain percentage of the courses had to be taught by certified uh, biblical counselors through their through their program and our pastor. So it, it would have really limited me what I could teach. So I went back mm -hmm. to my professor, John Street, uh, and asked him to be my supervisor. And he supervised me. And I'll just say, I wish I had done it a lot, lot, lot earlier because, mm -hmm. man, the wisdom that you gain from sitting down and having somebody analyze you counseling is oh, yeah. uh, invaluable. And you can't get that from, from anything else other than actually that experience. So that certification is a huge part of the training. And then I'm a huge fan of lifelong learning. So I later, uh, years after that, went to do a PhD in biblical counseling at Southern um, uh, because I wanted to be able to teach in higher education. And that's kind of a requirement to be able yeah. to do that and study 
a lot in post-traumatic stress uh, disorder. But yeah, again, I'm, I I don't think any of us are done training. And if you're right. done training, you should, <laughs> you're missing something. Uh, last month we were at the summit and I was talking to one of the BCC council members who's been in this for 30, 40 years. And he shared how he had learned something significant in the last two years that that radically changed how he does counseling. And he said, the best two years of my counseling are the last two uh, and I was just like, man, that's a good testimony that we just keep growing, keep learning. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. And, you know, I'm, I'm curious, Curtis, as you now have had a lot of training and I know you're going to keep training and learning, but all, the <laughs> yeah. training that you have experienced, how do you see it playing out? I mean, obviously it's, you use it in your every, in your job, I'm sure, you yeah. know, like yeah. every day you're using this training. I would love to hear kind of how you've seen the specific training that you have experienced to be helpful in your work, but also helpful in your everyday life as a dad, as a husband, as a church member, uh, just, you know, how are you utilizing the training that you've received? Well, I'm going to steal a couple of stories from other people, but t- testify that it'd be the same for me. I had a, we had a lady, one of the first people who went through our counseling training center at, in our church in California. Uh, she gave a testimony in the church and said, whether or not you want to be quote unquote, a counselor, this will help you be a better person. She's like, it's made me be a better mom, better, uh, wife, everything. And I would say for sure, better husband, better father, better worker, employee, employer, all those kind of things. Um, and then one pastor who actually never went to our training, but had a bunch of people from his church come to our training said the depth of conversation just changed with people because you just begin to look and think about the world differently and you think about life differently and you're asking really significant, important questions and all of your relationships go deeper because you're not just thinking about people for what they can do, for how they can help you, what, what you can do for fun together, but you're really thinking about what is the most significant aspects of life? How can this person help me grow to be more like Christ? How can I help them to grow, be more like Christ? So yeah, uh, I even tell all the parents to ask, is there a job for my kid when they graduate with an undergrad in biblical counseling? I say, well, here's a few answers. But one of the things I always tell them is I said, this training is life preparation training. Like it will prepare you for life and and the skills are transferable to almost anything that you do in life. Whether you do this for a paycheck or not, your life will benefit greatly. Well, we definitely agree with that and experience (laughs) that ourselves as well. Um, and, and yeah, the, the depth of conversation that you, that you go to now, I, w- I will say, at least for me, it doesn't come without uh, some, a few drawbacks. I do have friends that love me enough. And my husband's one of those to say, Hey, uh, I think we're, uh, we're doing too much here. <laughs> we're going too deep. I just, I just want to go to the movies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. You have to be balanced in that. And I, I mean, Eliza knows we've hung out enough. I, I like to cut up and have fun too. I don't struggle with that uh, as much, but it can be, it can be a problem. If that's the only, you only have two gears of off and full throttle, you can do some damage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, um, thank you for sharing that. That it's so true and so helpful preparation for life. I love those words of um, that's, hmm. that's so wise. And so, um, I would love also to Curtis for you to just share a little bit about the biblical counseling coalition. What does it do? What is its purpose? What is your role there? Um, and how can people even connect with that ministry? 
Yeah, yeah. So the BCC was started a little over 11 years ago. It was officially incorporated in 2010. Uh, started with some meetings before that of biblical counseling leaders who said, hey, we see this movement growing and we see um, separation and division and siloing in different ways. And we really want to think about how can we bring everybody uh, together, not into uniformity, but into unity and collaboration, connection, that kind of thing. And so Bob Kellerman and Steve Ayers uh, really were big players in getting it off the ground. Bob was the first executive director. Uh, and our mission is really, um, the way I like to summarize it is we try to foster unity around the primacy of the word of God and the care of souls. Um, we are one of our council members, Jim Neuheiser, calls us the UN of biblical counseling. Uh, so we try to, we have leaders from different biblical counseling schools, organizations, and churches. Uh, and we try to foster relationships among those people, recognizing that we will be better together as a movement than we will be if we're isolated or separated uh, for whatever reason those things come come into play. Uh, <clears throat> relationships is, are central and key to that. So we have an annual summit where our council gets together. There's about 60 people who make up the BCC council. And those are those leaders that I was talking about before. We gather for a three-day summit every December, except in 2020. Uh, and then we try to encourage them to have participate in different ministry teams or quarterly calls or other things like that. So there's ongoing connection and relationship. And we've seen a lot of fruit come out of it as far as resources. Our blog is a very active blog. If you go to biblicalcc.org, you'll see we're posting at least three times a week. Uh, we have a, a weekly podcast. Um, and then there's also big books, everything from the 31-Day Devotionals for Life, uh, you know, short books to those big, thick uh, trilogy that we have, Christ-Centered Biblical Counseling, Scripture and Counseling, and Counseling in the Church. Um but other things, too, that'll never have our name on it, uh, we get the benefit of seeing fruit from that. Like conversations will take place at the summit that lead to books, lead to uh, curriculum, lead to uh, tracks being added to um, conferences, other things. We even the Biblical Counseling Africa uh, one of our council members down in South Africa recently told us, he's like, hey, I just want to thank you guys. BC Africa would not exist without the BCC and his his own personal PhD wouldn't he said it wouldn't have been possible without the relationships there so that's really uh, what we do you can connect with us in a variety of ways one is just subscribing to the blog and the podcast and being aware of the resources that are on there we try to have a calendar of all the big biblical counseling things going on no matter what organization is a part of it so stay informed there. Um, and then we also have a partnership program for counselors or leaders in counseling ministries where you can support the ministry financially. And then we can, uh, there's various benefits and you can check those out online. I won't take all of our time going into those, but those are a few ways that people can connect. No, and we'll we'll be sure to link all of those. So if you're listening to this and you didn't catch all of the website information, <laughs> don't worry. We're going to have it there for you, so you can just go to the show notes and um, and check that out. And I I think you did a great job of just really explaining that from from my standpoint. I've really benefited from being able to have a central place to really point people to for information and connection and resources, and that really is a, a real valuable part of what the BCC offers to to you all. If you are interested or curious 
curious about biblical counseling, go visit their website and check it out. So Curtis, it is, it's been so great just to kind of hear a little bit of your story and to see how biblical counseling has been a part of your life and to hear just the contribution that you have made. Thank you so much for all that you have done, which is a lot. And, and you continue to do. We're very, very grateful for you and, and grateful for your friendship as well. And as we wrap up, one of the things that we do, if you've listened to this podcast, you all know what I'm about to ask Curtis for, <laughs> but we usually have a moment of humanity. And I was <laughs> thinking specifically for this series, it would be good if our moments in humanity focused around maybe something that happened in your, maybe the early years of biblical counseling or in maybe not in the early years, maybe it's happened recently that just kind of reminded you like, oh, I'm, yep, I'm a human and figuring this out myself. I don't know. Is there a story that you could share with, with our audience that comes to mind? Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of stories I, I <laughs> could tell, but shouldn't tell. Uh, so I picked what I thought of one and I thought, especially one, I always try to tell my students, you will mess up. You're going to make mistakes, right? And because one of the things people get afraid of counseling is I'm going to mess up. So here, here you go. We all do. Uh, when I was in seminary, I was doing uh, some counseling under one of my professors. Um, he was referring students to me for counseling, and I got a request for counsel. And like a good biblical counselor, I sent out an intake form, a PDI or personal data inventory is what we called them at the time. People call them all kinds of things, just an yeah. intake form. Uh, and the counselee contacted me back and said, Hey, uh, I, I don't know if you realize this. I just want you to know, you accidentally sent me somebody else's intake oh, form no. that was already filled out. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> so thankfully he was, he was very gracious and very kind and, and thought, and he's like, I didn't, I saw that, that it was filled out. I didn't read it. I just sent it. I deleted it, sent it back oh, to me. Can my. you send me a blank form? And I was like, Oh, thank you, Jesus. And oh wow. Lord. so oh, yeah, my goodness. It was, uh, I think I was telling you guys 15, 20 years later, I still get a sick stomach when I think about that experience. Well, we but all yeah, do that was <laughs> on your behalf and on our own behalves when we've done things like that. Oh. Yeah. Oh yes. Well, and that's what Beth and I teach uh, counseling students as well. And one of the things they have to do is they have to do practicum where they're practicing yeah. counseling and it's helpful to know that everybody messes up. And yeah. the nice thing about it is when you're in that practicum time, most of the time people are pretty, pretty uh, gracious to you, but yes, that's definitely a memory you'll probably not ever have <laughs> erased that. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm thankful for the advancements in technology that we don't we aren't emailing blank word docs to people anymore. So right. <laughs> right. We figured out how to do that a little bit better. So yeah. well, Curtis, thank you again so much for having us. We have really appreciated you being on and sharing your story. And we hope that you all have as well. And so go and check out his, the Biblical Counseling Coalition website. It'll be in the in the notes. And again, thank you all for listening. And if you like this podcast, share it with somebody else. Thanks again. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Counsel for Life with Beth Broom and Eliza Huey. If you've been enjoying the podcast, please be sure to rate, share, and subscribe. And for more information, visit counselforlifepodcast.com.